We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Monty Williams was fired from the Phoenix Suns just uh, a few hours after we released our ap- last episode. So here we are, back within a day, a day and a half uh, after recording our initial reaction to the end of the season. Sam, how are you doing? Hi, guys. We're back. Um, <laughs> it would have felt a little bit silly <laughs> to record an episode, I think, three hours after we recorded one yesterday. So... I don't know. Is this our emergency podcast? It's a pretty, yeah, I guess so. It's a pretty lackluster emergency response. Well, yeah. If you, if you <laughs> to be honest, it's, mid- given- it's not a mid-season firing, right? Less of an emergency. Right. <laughs> yeah, this this is more of like a I don't know, like an urgent care situation. We're definitely yeah. not going to the emergency room here. Yeah, we I, called. I say. We called like the regular police number, not nine one one. It right. wasn't. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't a nine one one emergency. Yeah, this um, this was like someone broke into our car and you have to go get the police report for the insurance you know like this is (laughs) this is a low level response incident so we're here we're here it's been it's been a day since uh since it happened i feel like we talked about a lot of this stuff on the last episode already right so so it's not going to be a complete rehash but i do still think if for some reason you haven't listened to that episode it feels relevant a a lot of it to me still in terms of setting the tone uh, overall for for the offseason yeah, if you if you haven't listened, I suggest going back to listen as well. We talked about the possibility of Monty Williams being fired. We talked about the idea of potentially James Jones being fired as well. And by the way, I mean, spoiler for something I was planning on talking about later, I'm going to leave that on the table for now, that he still potentially could be fired. Um, but we also talked about the ideal roster construction around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and the complications that will come with this offseason. And that's a good episode to listen to if you plan on listening to offseason podcasts from us because a lot of the conversations are going to stem from what we talked about on that last episode. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. But for now, we have to talk about it. Monty Williams was fired. And by all accounts, by 
Matt Ishbia, even though the press release from the Suns came from James Jones. Um, and he's, uh, he's done. No more Monty Williams on the Phoenix Suns. Now, first thing I want to say before we get into uh, analyzing the future of the Suns, Monty Williams joined this team when Igor Kokoshkov coached, after Igor Kokoshkov coached one year and was fired uh, during Aiton's rookie year, the first year of this podcast. Every other year since, you and I have covered Monty Williams. And one thing you can say about Monty Williams is, is he's a good coach, but also a great person. And I think he did a lot for the Suns. And when James Jones fired Igor Kokoshkov as the first thing he did as a general manager for the Suns, essentially, the first major decision he made, he said that it was all about the culture and trying to establish a culture of winning in Phoenix. And they did that. The combination of James Jones, Monty Williams, and Devin Booker did that in Phoenix. And it was, you know, a rough ending (laughs) in a lot of ways to that for Monty Williams. But... You got to give him credit for establishing that culture in Phoenix along with the other guys involved. Absolutely. And, and you know, when we look at the last four years for this organization, there were other characters who came in uh, and sort of supplemented the entire ride. DeAndre Ayton was there for those four years. He played a big role. Um, Chris Paul was there for three of those years. He played a huge role. But really the guys you're always going to think of as, as kind of leading it from multiple levels of the organization it's devin booker at the, at the player side james jones the executive and then monty williams the coach it's it's kind of those three guys um exemplify what i will always remember as this particular era of sun's basketball um and something that they accomplished together those three over the past four years so uh yeah monty williams i mean this this we talked about how it was possible obviously and, and to be honest i yeah i kind of expected it um, yeah we both did yeah that doesn't mean I'm happy to see him go by any means. Um, it, it just doesn't. Uh, to be honest, in all the time that I've been a Suns fan, and you've been a Suns fan the same amount of time as me, so basically mm-hmm. stemming back to seven seconds or less, uh, I don't know. I'm going to need to give it some time, but like, if we were to rank all of the Suns coaches that I've ever personally seen, Monty Williams might be at the top of my list. Yeah, um, that's, that's going back to Mike D'Antoni at least. Um, certainly after Mike D'Antoni, there aren't many, many coaches who could yeah. compete with him on yeah. that list. Well, there were many coaches, just there not many, many that can compete. Yeah. <laughs> just, just not many in terms of their stature. Um, how many coaches since Mike D'Antoni, if you had to just throw out a number eight, not that <laughs> is many, that, is no, that... not, they had like six or seven. Um, cause go ahead, Al- <laughs> Gen- Gentry was there for a few years. Hornacek was there for a few years. Uh, well maybe actually maybe Hornacek was only there for like two years. I don't know. They had a lot. They had a lot. Earl Mike Watson, Tony, Giano, okay, here we go. Kikoshko. Here we go. Are we really going to do this? Okay. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni, 2003 to 2008. The next coach immediately after that, Terry Porter for yeah, one year. Yep. Then Alvin Gentry, Lindsey Hunter. <laughs> wow. Jeff Hornacek, Earl Watson, Jay Triano, Igor Kokoshkov, Monty Williams. Exactly eight coaches. Exactly eight coaches. Yeah. That's insane. Of which... Yeah, so if you're going to rank everyone, I mean, I, I would put Monty Williams 1, Mike D'Antoni 2, Alvin Gentry 3, and then after that, who cares, right? Like, yeah, right. It's just a bunch of go. guys who were here for like a year and a half, two years at most. Um, gra- credit yeah. to Jeff Hornacek for being runner-up coach the year that one year, though. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, fun year. But yeah, it's, I, I agree. I think with Monty Williams, it's, you know, I guess we should rehash some of it for people who don't didn't hear it, but... There were valid criticisms of Monty Williams. And look, th- I think one of the main ones, and one that I think we could have hammered more, 
because we tended to focus on the playoffs, which I'm trying to look at big pictures more than anything else. But we tended to focus on the playoffs when it came to how we were talking about Monty Williams and maybe the lack of adjustments or not the right pulling, not pulling the right strings at the right moment. But the thing with Monty Williams that has sort of plagued him this entire time that he's been a coach of the Suns is playing sort of an old school style of basketball where they don't shoot enough threes. You know, lots of mid-range shots and never really uh, straying away from having a big on the floor. And it led to a lot of wins. So, you know, this is not necessarily a bad thing. But if you're if you're an owner of the Suns, right, if you're a general manager and you're trying to think about what could change, trying to find somebody who has more of a modern philosophy for the Suns is something that you could consider a valid thing to want. You know, that could make a big difference, especially now that you two of your main star players like to shoot a lot in the mid-range. You know, everyone else around that probably don't want to build a team with, you know, DeAndre Ayton shooting mid-range shots, Chris Paul shooting mid-range shots, you know, Terrence Ross shooting mid-range shots, right? Yeah. Landry Shamit shooting mid-range shots. You need to find more of a modern approach. It's interesting, though, because I remember one of our main concerns when they first hired Monty Williams, he had not been an NBA head coach since his time in New Orleans. Um, at that point, which had been, you know, when was he hired for Phoenix? This was 2019. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it had been about four years since he was fired from New Orleans. And all we had to go on was going back and watching his New Orleans tape uh, with some decent teams that made the playoffs with a really young Anthony Davis. But you went back and, and you compared the way that the New Orleans Hornets or the New Orleans, the very early New Orleans Pelicans at that time played basketball uh, versus the way the Phoenix Suns played basketball under Monty Williams. And it was night and day, even if you say that the Suns over the past few years were not exactly modern in their approach. Um, It was a far cry from what he was doing in 2012 or or 2013 with the Hornets, where they were having Ryan Anderson set a screen and then pop out to uh, a 17-foot mid-range jump shot, right? Just something that doesn't happen in the NBA anymore at all. So Mm -hmm. I remember we were really worried about could he modernize his game at all when he came to Phoenix. I feel like he came quite a bit. Well, he, at he the came, very least, he came pretty one far. big, one big lineups were nice, right? Even though he tried to shoehorn a few two big lineups in there, uh, but just just playing a single big in DeAndre and with shooters around them was pretty smart, um, you know. And a lot of it was Chris Paul ball, you know. They did it with Ricky Rubio too, but a lot of it was just sort of what you do when you have Chris Paul um, as well. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see him coach without Chris Paul. I wonder what that will be. And I think Monty Williams will land on his feet. Guys, <laughs> he's going to be fine. He's it's, really good. A really good coach. Has been coach of the year. Won the Coaches Association Coach of the Year. Coached a team to the NBA Finals. And is really well liked by players and people within the organization. Having said that, they would have done this if, if Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant weren't at the very least okay with it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that. I think we need to talk about that just really quickly. Um, yeah. With Monty, where he goes next, I mean, I think it just speaks to how we need to give NBA head coaches more credit than we do. I mean, we scapegoat them so often. It is such a difficult job, and it is one of the reasons why you need to have such a specific personality for this job that I personally could never have. Because for me, I mean, the thought of if I'm Monty Williams and I feel like I did, look, he made mistakes, but he did most things right over the past four years. Uh, One coach of the year 12 months ago. And now he has to dust himself off and, and present himself in front of maybe rebuilding organizations at this point and see who wants to take him on again. That just seems daunting and, and kind of exhausting. Um, I'm sure he's up for the challenge and I'm sure he will land on his feet. For me, 
it's why I would not want to be an NBA head coach. Uh, I, I would probably, you know, to me, it sounds like I, I said this on Twitter last night. Being an assistant feels kind of like where it's at in the NBA <laughs> for me. Stay out of the spotlight. You know, don't have people yelling toxic things about you on social media after every loss. That that kind of seems like the place to be. But um, I'm going to start attacking assistant coaches now that you say that. OK, that's that's a great idea, man. <laughs> that'll get us. Uh, that'll get us far. Uh, Kevin look, Young, man, not making enough adjustments. <laughs> that's yeah that's a kind of funny bit actually um yeah I, I'm, I'm kind of in support uh look i know like where we don't have to spend a lot of time on this where's monty gonna go next i don't know he toronto has his, or milwaukee it seems he has like, his right? pick from a number of organizations yeah he could go to toronto or milwaukee i know the few detroit pistons fans that uh i follow on twitter are absolutely salivating over the idea of him yeah, coming that there. Would, he would be great for them yeah. and turning around their culture the exact right. same way that he did for phoenix but just nothing against the detroit pistons organization how exhausting is that prospect for monty of just having to start over <laughs> from yeah. from from home base but now with wiseman <laughs> but now with wiseman eight. or maybe when yeah. But yeah, he'll, he'll yeah get Wemby him. though. If that's a, that's an interesting thing, maybe he should wait. Till, maybe he should wait until the uh, actual lottery and then <laughs> try to get a job. If his goal is just to stay in the NBA as a head coach, he'll be able to. There will wonder, be plenty like, of people who. Why not him the job. Spurs? I know Greg Popovich is still coaching, but like, how long? <laughs> how long is he gonna be doing it? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he'll coach for ten more years. People were saying, how long could LeBron still be good and he's about to potentially make the NBA Finals again? Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, you know, there's a big part of this I think we have to talk about. And that is Matt Ishbia and the potential of having an owner who is too involved. Now, the thing is, is we can say as much as we want about the potential of it. We have no idea about any of this. But what Woj said is that this is a Matt Ishbia show <laughs> now. Now, he had it originally in the article. The article said that Ishbia has fully taken over basketball operations for the Suns. And then he took it out, likely because uh, somebody on the Suns said, that's not true. You know, probably Matt Ishbia was going, I'm not involved in scouting second round picks or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, okay, they took it out. But then Woj went on ESPN today before we recorded this, before the uh, game that's on right now, and said that it's a Matt Ishbia show. And he also said, I think, and this is why I'm not completely ruling out the possibility of James Jones being fired. He said that James Jones's influence has been diminished. Those are the actual words that he used. And now we have we have an owner who essentially, he came into the, uh, came into the Suns, bought the Suns, negotiated according to Woj, this is all according to Woj, right? Take it all with a grain of salt. Negotiated the trade for Kevin Durant. And this is what Woj said. He negotiated it himself, made the trade, fired the coach as soon as he could. And then now I think the question I have is, do they have a plan for another coach? Because you can't fire a coach unless you have a pretty good idea of who's going to be that next coach. And that's what I think going to be my next concern. Because look, he soured on him. According to Woj, he soured on him. Those are the words that Woj used. Matt Ishbia soured on Monty Williams and was never fully uh, bought bought in on Monty Williams. And look, you're the owner of the team. You have the right to do that. You're going to pay him his contract anyways. $20 million over three years Monty had left. Uh, so he'll be fine money-wise. But they got to have a plan and they got to have something next. And, and it is, to me, I would say my concern level of having an owner who's too involved in basketball operations 
is is fully at like a six now. <laughs> is it <laughs> and higher, it could get a lot higher. Is it higher than it was twenty four hours ago before the news broke? It's higher based uh, on this yes. news report specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um, the news report doesn't move me. <laughs> uh, just just to speak for myself, uh, other people might feel differently. We're making a lot out of one line. Um, well, uh, not that one line that was posted, and then as you said, then it was deleted. But then Woj basically came out and said on TV the same exact thing today. Um, that Ishbia has taken control. I, I just think we need to be careful because we always need to think with Woj specifically. It's not that he makes these things up in the sense that he he pulls it out of his ass. He has no reason to do that. But mm-hmm. he's taking information that he was fed by someone and parroting it. Him and Shams are the same. They're parrots. And it's I, I guess it's just we have to think about wh- who would have the incentive to feed Woj this information in the first place that Ishbia is maybe becoming a little bit too involved early on uh, mm-hmm. in the Suns front office. And there are a couple of places that it could come from. I think the place that it doesn't make sense for it to come from is Ishbia's side of the organization, not necessarily from Matt Ishbia himself, but, right, but let's right, call right. it. Let's call it um, the it, the Ishbia. Just to speak very black and white about this, there are going to be there's going to be some tension in the front office right now. That's to be expected, and one would expect that there are Ishbia loyalists and there are James Jones loyalists. There's mm-hmm. kind of the new mm-hmm. guard and the old guard, the new boss and the old boss. Not that James right. Jones was ever the owner, but you understand what I mean. And James Jones has a long track record of giving nothing to the newsbreakers, right? Nothing at all. James Jones himself. But that does not mean that the James Jones loyalists uh, would necessarily operate the same way. So it doesn't make sense for someone who's behind Ishbia to be going out there and approaching Woj and saying, yeah, Matt Ishbia is taking complete. He's interested in being the the president of basketball. Like they're not stupid. They know how that looks. Even if Ishbia is thinking that. Even if he's thinking, I'm Grand Emperor now and I want to make all basketball decisions, which who knows? <laughs> he's not dumb enough to say that to Woj because everyone knows the optics of how, how that looks. It's more likely that this is coming from the opposite camp. This is a James Jones loyalist. Maybe it's even one of the people who just got fired by Ishmael yeah, 24 yeah. or 48 hours ago. Now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or it's one of the many people who are more concerned for their job security than they were 48 hours ago. Or uh, two weeks ago or two months ago. And if we kind of think about it from that perspective, it makes me less worried about this in general. Because if you're specifically trying to discredit Matt Ishbia, if you're, if you're approaching it from that side, the James Jones loyalist camp, and you're trying to discredit Matt Ishbia, the way that you discredit him is by saying, yeah, he wants to come in here and he, he wants to be too involved. He wants to do everything. The way you don't discredit him is by saying what, in my opinion, is more likely to be the truth, which is he wants to fire a bunch of people who he never hired in the first place, but not to replace them with himself, to replace them with people that he would rather actually hire because Mm -hmm. he is the boss now. And that is how these organizations, that is how business works. Mm -hmm. He's just, he wants to replace people with his own guys, his own henchmen. We can have conversations about certain people that maybe Ishbia wants to bring in in those front office roles that would maybe be good ideas or bad ideas. But to me, it's not that Ishbia, I mean, it really would be a disaster scenario if Ishbia is coming in and he just wants to make all the basketball decisions. I just don't think at this point, my alarm is not raised personally. I don't think that's likely to be the case. I think what's more likely is a bunch of people are about to get fired 
But that's entirely normal uh, in terms of organizational turnover on this level. And he's going to bring in some people who, where he actually got the say in who gets hired. Because that's just how it works. He's the boss. One of the things about getting Kevin Durant on your team is that there is a version of getting Kevin Durant where you have an organizational structure that's in place where you have star players and a front office and a coaching staff who are on the same page. And that's the Golden State Warriors. You add Kevin Durant to that, you win titles. There's another one where Kevin Durant joins and all of a sudden the coach is fired. (laughs) He's putting the team together. You know, they're adding his friends to the roster like DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving. And it ends in one single series playoff victory in the entire time that he's there. And my fear is that when you add someone as seismic as Kevin Durant, and then you start stripping away the organizational structure and the culture that you've built over time, then you're kind of handing it over to him a little bit. And we saw how that went in Brooklyn. And, you know, there's a way... The the only thing that matters out of all of this is the decisions they make next because sure, there yeah. is there is a good reason to fire Monty Williams. There were there was enough evidence that it wasn't quite working at the level that they wanted it to work and he had a good opportunity with this team. 3 playoff uh 3 playoff appearances, one finals appearance, two second round exits, both of them ending in an embarrassing way. So the only thing that matters is the decisions that come next. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, the Suns aren't going to hire a Steve Nash figure next. Well, to that's kind the of other just thing, turn yeah. the keys over to KD. I mean, that's the difference, right? We're talking about the short list right now, and maybe here's where we should bring up the short yeah. list. Yeah. You know, Ty Lue's name has been mentioned. He's still under contract. Um, the two big guys who are not under contract, who have obviously been, um, been mentioned, are Mike Budenholzer, has a championship ring, and Nick Nurse has a championship ring. We're, there's no Steve Nash figure here to just come in and turn the keys over. Now, regardless of how you feel, I think there's a large segment of the of the of the fan base that actually has very negative feelings towards, say, a, a Budenholzer figure. But you can't deny, in terms of culture, like is is a figure that comes in and and I think demands a certain baseline level of respect and is going to make KD work. Is not just going to come in and say, "Okay, KD, uh, it's it's your team now, buddy. We'll do whatever you want." That's not how it's going to work under Budenholzer or Nurse or or some of these other guys. So you you still hope, however, that. Booker and KD um, were kind of cl- kind of cleared this decision in the first place, uh, because otherwise that's an entirely yeah. different thing that could go wrong for a number of reasons. I mean, the facts are we had a new NBA owner not ever involved in an NBA team in any capacity, negotiated, traded, and and fire a coach in the first six months of owning the team. That that did happen. You know, and and it was it appears to be all from and the thing about by the way the Woj reports and I agree with the way that you're interpreting them, but the part about him negotiating the trade that clearly just comes from the Nets, right? He just gets that from the Nets and knows that it happened because he gets a lot of information from the Nets. I also think, by the way, if we're talking about the the phrase Matt Ishbia, uh, they they're taking that out of the original article. Part of me is like, what did Matt give him in order to take that out? Because Woj. His currency is information, and he's going to get something from, from, from Matt if he takes something out of an article that he 
obviously felt confident enough putting it in well because he mentioned it again the next day yeah i mean the the, i don't know maybe he gave something to Woj, or maybe Woj is just kind of conceding to the fact that he needs to make nice with ishbia who is probably going to be the owner of the Suns for a long time and needs to maintain that relationship versus relationships that he potentially has with lower executives um especially because so here's the reason you're worried about ishbia right the way that the NBA system is set up, you can fire a coach. There's a system of accountability there. You can fire a GM. There's a system of accountability there. Maybe the slight reason that I have any worry about Ishbia at all is because if he does turn out, and I'm st- I'm not there right now, but if he does turn out to be this, you know, completely all-powerful character who just wants to make every decision at every level of the organization for the Suns, there's no system of accountability for that. He's just going to be the owner for a long time, and we're going to have a lot of the issues that that we had theoretically um, under Robert Sarver. Not the harassment issues, but the basketball issues right, would right, be the right. same. Other than the, without the money, right? Yeah. Um, let me just before we move on to the the just to reiterate the coaching names again. Part of me almost thinks, well, then this if we're going to do this, if we're resetting to this degree. Maybe it is a good time to try to get somebody like Bob Myers because Bob Myers would not join an organization unless he had some level of guarantee that he's going to be left alone to do what he wants in order to win championships. Whereas James Jones does not have that same negotiating power as someone who already worked for the team after Matt Ishbia bought the team or, or while Matt Ishbia bought the team. Part of me is like, well, yeah, maybe you do need somebody like Bob Myers to hold him in check. Not necessarily to the degree that Robert Sarver needed to be held in check. But Bob Myers has the credibility, but he also has the ability to negotiate, right, if you want him. And if, if, which we have gotten a report, this one from Mark Stein, if Matt Ishby is just out there writing blank checks to try and figure this out right now in his first offseason, no better option. Than, than Bob Myers at this time. So we'll see what ends up happening there. The names. Let's go over them again. Let's reiterate them again. The first thing, Woj said the Suns are not looking to hire an assistant coach they or somebody without head coaching experience. They want to hire a head coach, somebody who has coached at the level that they want them to coach at. For the Suns, now Nick Nurse was, was obviously a name that's been brought up multiple times. Even some indication that they plan on interviewing him Mike Budenholzer just as you mentioned two champions by the way those those two coaches have both won championships if it's James Jones making the decision we know how he feels about guys who win championships he likes that (laughs) you know that 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 thing matters to him there is uh an interview circulating around with Kevin Rant talking about how much he respects Nick Nurse that's good that's good to hear because if you haven't already, go back, listen to our last episode. I talked about some concerns about Nick Nurse, <clears throat> being that he did not get along with some of the players that played for the Toronto Raptors to a severe degree and probably led to his firing at the end. Hey, that interview, which I admit I haven't seen yet, is uh, dated from when? It When he was on the Nets. Mm, okay, yeah. like 2019 Nets or 2022 uh, Nets? No, more recent, I believe. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure what year it was actually, but yeah, uh, it, wasn't, look, it wasn't after the finals. KD, if Nick Nurse is going to be your your coach, man, uh, conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. This applies to Booker too. Guys, get ready to run. Get ready to play 40 minutes. Uh, we'll cross our fingers and hope for the best. Not necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's just that it would be kind of interesting. A lot uh, of minutes. That ends up being the case. Yep, a lot yeah. of minutes logged for the star players. Yeah. Who needs and, a bench? You know, 
and we might not have one. <laughs> it's going to be hard to put this team together, as we talked about on the last episode as well. It's going to be hard. Um, Nick Nurse, look, he's probably the smartest basketball coach, head coach available that has previous experience. That's available, right? You're, you're talking about outs because you're assuming Ty Lue is not available? Yeah, because the other name that was mentioned, and we talked about him on our last episode, that I like is Ty Lue. And the question is whether or not the Suns can convince the Clippers slash Ty Lue to actually allow him to go. But it sounds like, according to Mark Stein, that's what they want. They mm-hmm. want to try to lure Ty Lue over, which I am all for. I am like 100% for that one at this point without Monty Williams. Yeah, um, regardless, uh, just to answer your question, yes, Nick Nurse is is very high at the top. If he's not above uh, Ty Lue, then he's very close in terms of being a, a highly regarded tactician of the game. And Mike Budenholzer, and, and I, Mike Budenholzer to me is sort of this lateral move from Monty Williams. I, don't, I, I see them as relatively similar. The one thing I will say is the Suns will shoot more threes, as we mentioned in the last episode as well. That's good. But I do kind of see them as similar. I mean, Budenholzer was just fired for the net or for the the Bucks right after Giannis did an interview saying, "Well, we didn't make enough adjustments <laughs> <laughs> in this playoff series," and then they fired him. Which and has so, been has been their general complaint about Budenholzer for years now. He just happened to win a championship in 2021, so it didn't matter. Um, yeah. Hard I, I to don't get excited about that. To me. I don't totally hate Bud. I'm really curious what his post-coaching career is going to look like without a Giannis figure. Uh, right. Because well, he coached the Hawks too. Remember? They yes, won he that, did. The entire team won a Player of the Month award. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, <laughs> he squeezed a lot out of that Hawks team, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know what that's going to look like um, with him. Not my favorite w- choice. No, yeah, I could I could find myself looking forward to the offense. Would objectively be funny. He is a smart offensive coach. Would objectively be funny though if he ends up being our coach and Monty goes to Milwaukee. Uh, would just be hilarious. One thing I will say about Bud is he's from Arizona, um, and supposedly when he was up for a head coaching job, the Suns did interview him. I don't know if you remember that. We talked about it on the podcast four years ago when they hired Monty. They also interviewed Bud, and. Uh, at the time, there were rumors that he, at some point in his career, would like to coach the Suns. So, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe with the right assistant coaches, it could be okay. And then I can attack the assistant coaches when things go badly. <laughs> um, any other names we're missing there? I mean, Atkinson, I, I haven't seen, we talked about him in the episode, but I haven't seen any indication that the I, Suns are interested in him. Atkinson is from at, the reason we said. Yeah, he's making the rounds. I don't think there's going to be any anything that sticks between him and the Suns. Um, some people oh, Kevin have mentioned, Young. That's right. Yes, Kevin Young. I feel bad for Kevin Young in all this. I mean, Monty just got fired, and then they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you. We'll we'll interview you." They owe but, him an interview. That's that is true. I think. Not if you know? they're <laughs> fuck that. Not if they're not taking him seriously. Not if we all well, know if that they're not it, actually yeah. going to give him the job. If I'm Kevin yeah. Young, I'm making the rounds, and I'm look. I'm I'm looking at will one of these other teams like? Can I go get an interview with Detroit? Can I go get an interview with Toronto? Um, yeah. Because he's been an assistant for a long time. This is not his first rodeo. He's, he's been in kind of these these interview pools before. Yeah, he interviewed and, um, for the Pelicans job when Willie Green got it. I believe. Exactly, and and so yeah, that's another guy I'm rooting for. Even though I don't I don't personally know Kevin Young, I don't know a ton about him, but but rooting for him to go get a job somewhere, especially if it feels like the Suns are giving him a, a token interview of sorts. That sucts. That's, that's imagine a shitty him position to be in. 
imagine him watching that Woj interview where Woj is like, they're not planning on hiring someone who hasn't been a head coach. Yeah. That's just shitty, man. Yeah. And and it's just what it doesn't make sense to fire Monty and then be like, yeah, hire his top assistant. That'll fix yeah. it all. Right. Um, the other name I want to throw out because I've, I've seen some people mention is Frank Vogel, um, who's a free agent right now. Most recently, obviously, with the Lakers, also a yeah. championship coach. Uh, I'm not into him personally, but he's he's yeah, out there. Neither. Maybe he gets an interview. I don't know. I don't think it makes sense for the personnel we have either. I think Nick Nurse can get a lot out of this team. Ty Lue would be the I think the by far best coaching candidate um, for the for the Suns. And for those for those who don't know much about Ty Lue, the dude makes adjustments. Like that's his big thing. He he has the ability of coaching teams to do really dramatic and interesting things in the playoffs that throw other coaches off in a way that. Um, Monty couldn't do for and and we saw it you know I think people might tend to want to judge coaches based on wins and losses and yes even the Suns had injuries at the end here but like this is nothing like Kawhi Leonard or Paul George not being able to play in the playoffs you can't really overcome that when you have a team entirely based around them the dude's a genius a very good coach and and coached the Cavaliers to a title so don't forget that either um if he can be on the table you got to do it the thing is you can't outbid the richest guy that, you know, like you can't really, <laughs> no, you're you not going to outbid the Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer. He's the richest one. And uh, yeah, so that is not really an advantage in the Suns' favor there. So the question would be, he's under contract. Would they allow him to leave? And that I think is, is a, is a pretty valid question. I don't know. And maybe the players would have a, a pretty, pretty high say in that um, when it comes to their star players. Ultimately for me, can I just say, get a guy with some experience, some previous head coaching experience. Isaiah Thomas? No, 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 no. Stop. Let me keep going. <laughs> get get a guy with some previous NBA head coaching experience and get the stamp of approval from KD and Book. Yeah. And honestly, the rest we'll figure out later. Just that might be enough for me. Because what does it say about the coaching, the, the general ecosystem of, the, of being an NBA coach, the atmosphere, where... It feels likely that in the Suns interview process here, they they might interview three of the previous four NBA champion coaches. Frank Vogel, Nick Nurse, Mike Budenholzer, all won a championship within the past four seasons. The only guy who they're not going to interview uh, was out of the past four years was Steve Kerr. Obviously, he's the fourth out of four. And if, and if Steve, if the if the Warriors blow up somehow, obviously, <laughs> obviously, yes to Steve Kerr. Yeah, um, but but what does it say that okay? So three of the four previous champions are free agents on the coaching market. They're all going to be available for us to talk to. Yeah, it's messy. All of this stuff is messy, but it doesn't feel like the worst place to be. I don't. I can't guarantee anyone that that any of those three guys are going to be better than Monty. But just to say that all of this stuff is messy, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to follow all of it. Just just to gauge your concern level on Isaiah Thomas, do you think he's you know been involved in any of these decisions that have been I, made I, here? I do. I am maintaining on to a, a little bit of concern that uh, we get a, a power couple of Isaiah Thomas in the basketball operations role and Tom Izzo as the head coach. And and <laughs> Ishbia just goes full Dream Michigan. Draymond Green point guard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just full Michigan uh, at every level. Would not be ideal to me, but... Yeah, some people have thrown out Tom Izzo's name. Um, doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't. How know. How old is he? Is he he's got to be. I oh, mean, God, let I, me look up. He's not that old. He's not that old. Sixty-eight. Okay, yeah, he's sixty-eight. He's not. I was gonna say he's not like in his eighties or anything. That is um, a. I mean, that's a hard sixty-eight. <laughs> 
just by looking at him. Dude lives hard. I'm going to say that. Dude, uh, it, yeah. it, this is like people have thrown out John Calipari's name for years. Like, coaches at, in the NCAA, they have it yeah. made. You would yeah. be an, and, and Jay Wright is another one. You would be an idiot. <laughs> to to leave one of those uh, snug positions where you can just stay at a powerhouse school in the same program for twenty or thirty years uh, for some NBA job where you're going to get fired after two or three, yeah, that would be silly. Right, right. I mean, they they become the most famous person in the state for a lot of these jobs, and they're the highest paid state employee, and they do all their own recruiting. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it personally, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that. That train has kind of ended, right? There's not a lot of those college guys coming to the NBA the way it used to be. It seems no, like the, not at all. A lot because, more assistant coaches and former players. Yeah, yeah. Brad Stevens, notwithstanding. All right, we're gonna keep this one short. We just wanted to give you some level of reactions to the to the Monty Williams firing. We're gonna keep track of these stories as it comes. If something happens with James Jones, we'll try to be back as quickly as possible. And then, of course, as we know, the candidates, as they get narrowed down, we'll give our take on each one of them. But we thank you all for listening and hopefully a Patreon podcast midweek, Sam. Uh, yeah, that would be great. What, how funny would it be if we post this episode and then three hours after this one, James Jones gets fired? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> we would be back tomorrow, theoretically. But if that right. doesn't happen, thank you for listening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>